0: I'll be too nervous to. I'm probably lost for words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words DraftKings podcast. I am joined, as ever, by Matt
1: Vincenzi. Matt, hello. Hey Tom, looks like we've reached the end. I don't think we're going to be doing a Live Boston Showdown show, so this is the end of 2022 for us, huh?
0: It is, right, and um, it's nice though. It's nice for us to, I mean, we, we kind of started this at the start of the calendar year, so we didn't do it uh, right back at the start of the season, but it feels like we've done a whole season. I mean, we've been here every week ever since. Um, you know, it's been a, I don't want to say it's been a long slog, because it hasn't. It's always been enjoyable, but it's been, you know, as long as the PJ Tour season feels, and uh, we'll be right back at it when the PJ Tour season starts up again.
1: Absolutely. You know, and I think the show has actually made me a lot better at DFS, just being able to talk it out from start to finish. And I know I've gotten a lot better. Like the last six or seven weeks has been the, probably the best stretch that I've ever had. And I think a big portion of that is because we talk about it every week. We talk through everything. And it's really just kind of clarified my process. Sometimes saying something out loud really helps you define it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would like to say the same thing, but I haven't improved. <laughs> but, I, but I think in terms of my understanding of the, of the game, my certainly just... Trying to differentiate between betting and, and DFS has always been a challenge for me. I've, I've always been heavily betting focused, which has always been the thing over in the UK versus the US, and you know that's something that will that will keep going. So um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good way to you know, look at what we've been doing, I think it's improved us, you know, drastically and and that's what we want and hopefully the guys that have been listening and guys and girls out there that have been listening have, you know, improved themselves, I know we've had some nice messages along the way and reviews and things so keep those coming in and uh, we look forward to the new season starting but before it does we have the small uh, matter of the Tour Championship and normally I say small matter sort of like ironically but I do consider this kind of a small matter, like this is, this sucks this tournament, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's not fun. It's not fun. And I think the last two years have kind of lulled people into a sense of the fact that it's not possible for someone to come from behind. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, if you look at 2019, you had JT. Uh, he was the guy starting at 10 under and he started off the week, I think, plus three and he finished at 13 under and he finished in fourth or fifth. So it depends how the guy plays. So, you know, the way you want to play this week, either betting or DFS, you have to look at two. Two schools of thought. One, the Scheffler shoot seven under because if he does, it's over. Yeah. Or, or does he struggle, or not struggle, but he doesn't have to play terribly. But does he just ho hum, minus two, minus three? Then, then a lot of people can win. I mean, when Rory won this in 2019, he was one back after after Thursday. Yeah. And then and then he was five back after Friday, and he won by four shots. So this. People thinking that it's impossible to come back, it really isn't. It just depends what the leader does. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly right. I think it is one of those things that like
0: because Patrick Cantlay and because Dustin Johnson have just performed as they needed to, we've been we've been you know I guess exactly what you said, conditioned to think that it's not possible. But you know Kevin Nahr, uh shot the the lowest score here last year, tied with John Rahm, and nah was spotting Cantlay what eight shots? I think he was. He was two under, and and Cantlay was ten under. Um, So he obviously finished um, quite a way back, five back of, um, you know, of the leader. But John Rahm was right there, right? And he was on six under, and he only finished one shot back. So, you know, as long as you have a good week, you know, these guys at Xander Schoffele and and players like that that are in six under, four under, I think can realistically win. I think it's hard for uh, uh, anyone from two or three under or even one under to to come and and really win. But it doesn't mean they can't move up and, and earn themselves some good money
1: and help us in DFS. Yeah, I think the cutoff is 4-under. Anyone 4-under or better can win. That's the way I'm looking at it. And I personally don't think Scheffler is going to run away with the thing. So, therefore, I think anyone 4-under or better um, is. And, you know, this isn't a a betting show, but just I want to touch briefly on the strokes or no strokes market because I did a show the other day and I got really in-depth with it. And I think I pretty much talked myself into understanding the best way to go about it. So, if you think Scheffler runs away with it, then you should bet the no strokes. If If you think he you know just treads water then i think it's better to bet than win the fedex cup because it's possible if, if Scheffler trends water uh, treads water it's possible for someone to win the fedex cup and lose the lowest score of the week a lot of people only do it from the other end they're saying well they could get the lowest score of the week but they're not going to win because they're so far behind but it's actually possible for the opposite to be true as well and i don't think many people have considered that
0: yeah no that makes sense it- it's just one of those ones where I think, myself included, I don't want the headache of trying to work it out. So I, I tend to not. And I basically, in terms of betting, I just focused on um, the betting without strokes market because I had two players that I liked. Um, and I backed Xander Shuffele and uh, Billy Horschel. Now I should probably go in on Xander Shuffele again in the you know in the bonus with the strokes included market as well, if I think that's going to be the case. And we can go into that uh, for DFS purposes as well. But... Um, but yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Like, I, I, I think Shepherd is playing well enough that he can hold on. Um, but I also think that you know, with Patrick Cantlay's, you know, right there, and you know, everyone's going to kind of look at Rory and what he did in 2019 as well. I think he'll be a, a huge focal point. It's, it's an interesting point, and um, I think we should basically just go kind of player by player quickly. I think um, as quickly as we can, and just kind of give the credentials of what we think they're going to do this week um, and where that may see them go. So without further ado then we'll start with Scott Shepherd at 13 6 and you kind of alluded to the fact that you don't necessarily think he's going to get over the line.
1: I don't. I mean obviously he can obviously he has a very strong chance to I mean he's plus 240 to win this thing. So I'm so when I say I don't think he's going to I obviously acknowledge the fact that it, it is likely that he that he does but when you look at the guys who the last two years who have won DJ was in much better form than Scotty was in going when he was just dominating Cantley last year was just coming off the win, win. At the BMW, um, so Scotty's kind of been, you know, he does he was so hot earlier in the year that he's still been good, but he hasn't been that peak, you know, since April. So for me, I think if there's any setup to where this it could happen this way, I think this might be the year. So the other thing that
0: the, the nuance and just going slightly back to betting a little bit, and the reason why I just took Xander Schafflai without the strokes market, he's seven to one to win with the points, and he's t- he's twelve to one to win without. So there's not really any bonus on backing him in the other
1: market, right? Well, my only concern would be this. Say Scheffler shoots three under. Very, you know, probable. It's, a, it's a, He doesn't have to play terribly. He shoots three under. And Cantley shoots four under. Xander shoots seven under. He wins the FedEx Cup, but he's not win the lowest stroke. Somebody from the pack at the bottom is going to shoot 12 or 13 under. at Even par, nothing to play for, nothing, no pressure. And you know what I mean? So that's he has to shoot 1300 to win that and to win the FedEx cup in theory, he could, he could shoot six or seven under and win.
0: So that's why the odds are the way they are, which which, yeah. you know, that that's why it makes sense. So there you go. There's the education that I needed. There's the education mm-hmm. that maybe some of the people that are listening were needed. Um, and yeah, so I, I agree with you on the Scheffler. I think that he probably showed enough um, in the ball striking department last week to um, suggest that, you know, that there's no concerns, right. That going to happen. Um, but the putter lit him down last week, and and it could do this week. So I, I think I probably wouldn't go there at 13-6. I don't feel like I need to chase the leader and force him into my team. Um, I would definitely go to Cantley over Scheffler. Uh,
1: I I do agree with that. Um, I would go to Cantley too. I like you know I like the way he's playing. Last year he obviously showed he was a good fit at Eastlake. Lake. Um, so this next argument might not be incredibly relevant, but I. But he's just been so much better on bent. You know, five of his eight stroke play wins have have been on bent. Um, and when we saw him two weeks ago at St. Jude, he was awful. His stats are awful. He played awful. And now he's going back to a course that I think is, you know, this course is more similar to, to Southwind than it is to what we saw last week. Um, so that'd be my only reservations for him.
0: Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, so what do you make of Xander play Then I think it's pretty, you know, obvious that he loves the golf course. He would be. I, I just think it's one of those ones where I think people are just convinced that he's not going to be able to keep up the form, but first, second, first, third, and seventh in his five starts here, um, I, I don't really see any reason to go against him.
1: I agree. I think I think that's probably where I want to start my lineups with with Shoffley. I think his floor is incredibly high, um, and I think his ceiling is also high. I think he could definitely win this thing. I, I, I kind of think he's the most likely to win this thing. I'm not going to – I didn't bet it just because I didn't love the seven or eight I was getting with the strokes, but um, – yeah I, I think he's playing well enough he loves this course he's a course specialist and he doesn't have to go and shoot 1200 to win he just has to shoot 600 which i think in four days is you know very possible
0: so what's your strategy then, like in terms of how you're structuring this like how many guys are you taking above the kind of 10k range
1: i would take two i would say two per lineup you know and uh not to jump ahead but i, w- I was looking to start a lineup with shoffley rory because those are the two guys i think can actually win And you're not paying that 13-6 for them, and they're only uh, not too much far back, so you know they realistically could be in the lead by Sunday. Um, So I would either start with those two, and I also like Smith. So I would play if I played um, you know three lineups, I would do a combination of each of the three combinations of those three. So the
0: the only concern with with those two is that you're left with a very small amount if you play Xander and Roy that you have to then go down to the bottom and take some of these kind of 5k guys right so that's something that you have got
1: to think about later on in the in the show there's no avoiding it Just what you have to you have to take two guys above someone above 10k is going to win most likely
0: yeah yeah exactly that so i think that's the thing i think the people will put those two guys in and they'll just see the average amount left over and, and kind of panic like i did when i first did it um you know you put those two guys in your average remaining salary is six seven uh, which means you kind of gotta put one of those kind of 5 gray guys in to, to make the rest of yours balanced. But as we go on, it will kind of become clear that that's okay. Um, what do you make of Jon Rahm?
1: Uh, he's I watched a lot of him last week because so I was watching Rory a lot, um, and he was featured in the same featured groups uh, you know on the ESPN app. But it his off the tee is so so good; it's unbelievable, and his approach was was poor and i don't think he was too far off he was just like missing the shelves by one or two feet and it would filter off to the 25 you know every every hole he would have 80 yards in and end up with a 25 foot birdie putt um i'm not gonna be on rom this week i do think he's in in store for a huge 2023 and i do think he's coming back and i do believe in him long term but i just think the best players usually get rewarded that he's like the players who have who have had the best season get rewarded and we talked about that the last couple of weeks and Zalatour, Cantley, two guys who have played well. The FedEx Cup playoffs, the the guys who have played well all season get rewarded. We've never really seen a, you know, since this started. It's only been a couple of years, but a guy who really doesn't deserve to win the FedEx Cup, win the FedEx Cup. Rahm doesn't deserve to win it. I don't think he's going to. No, I completely agree with that. I I think it's one of those
0: ones where I think there's basically the whole season has been like, is this going to be John Rahm's, you know, return to where he should be in the game? And. obviously won in Mexico and they never really kicked on from that and it's just been ho-hum and last week was kind of like a a good performance but it wasn't kind of charged by anything too significant I think that I have to dive back in so um I'm pretty content with just doing combinations of
1: Cantlay, Chuffelet and Rory McIlroy inside there. His approach numbers were really bad I mean lost 2.2 and he gained 4.5 putting nice to see the putter back and his off the tee is always great but yeah, you want to see him better on these approaches, and especially um, at East, like, you, you got to be better with the irons.
0: His last four starts,
1: 64
0: 42nd, 22nd, and 51st in approach. Like, that is just, it's not good enough, right?
1: No, not good enough.
0: Whereas Cantley's had two top eight uh, approach weeks in there. Um, Xander Schoffelay's had two top seven approach uh, weeks in there, and a 14th as well. Rory McIlroy, uh, his ball striking has been, you know, fantastic as well. So... Um, actually, 14th and 25th over his last two made cuts, but it, it's been better than
1: that than, than what the actual raw numbers say. Mm-hmm. And it's a good segue for him because I think he's one of the few who can who can win. i, I bet him at 12 to one uh, to actually win the FedEx Cup. And you know, a lot of these things in golf almost seem scripted. And I think this would be just the perfect way to end the season with all the turmoil and the live stuff with the Golden Boy. The guy who's defended the PJ Tour all along, coming back with an epic Sunday. Everyone's going to talk about how this, you know, you can't replicate this and live, and how amazing the PJ Tour is. I can just, I can just see it unfold.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's one of those ones where, yeah, it's it's just probably going to happen. Um, I didn't go there just because I didn't like. I was very much just focusing on the without the strokes market, and I probably, and I thought. I didn't think the odds were great on him to win with the strokes uh, included as well. So um, I thought thought they could have been a little bit bigger,
1: but you're paying the, the Rory McIlroy tax. What are we doing about Cam Smith? And real quick in context for Rory, I, I bet him in 2019 when he won the Tour Championship, he started at five under and he was eight to one. So I actually think, relatively speaking, the value is pretty good.
0: Yeah, maybe um, so. I, th- I think it does all come down to the fact that like, You probably didn't expect Justin Thomas to play the way he played when he had that lead uh, in 2019. I wonder now whether, like, did Justin Thomas suffer from the fact that he was the first guy to do it? Like, he was the first guy to start 10-under, the pressure was on him, it was a new format,
1: etc. Does that play into it at all, do you think? I think it could be. And I I also think, like, people don't realize, too, like, this golf course is pretty hard. Yeah. Like you can shoot even par and it's not really a bad score around here. There's going to be guys who can go low, but it's, just, I think it's a good golf course because you can shoot five or six under if you play well, but you can also shoot five or six over if you don't play well. And it's kind of a, you got to play really well around here to win and any skill set can do it. So, and he wasn't even horrible that week. You know, I just think he wasn't like people are under the impression that Scotty doesn't have to play well to win or doesn't have to play that well. He, he still has to play really, really well. Like yeah. Cantley was 11 under last year. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I think, I think,
0: I think that's it. I think you're right. I think there's a misconception about the fact that you don't have to play as well, um, and it's led by the fact that you've had two guys just do what they needed to do. Like I think because Cantley didn't excel in the final round or anything like that last year, he just kind of held on. It was a bit of a non-event like that. Just that puts people off, and I think go back to the 2019 renewal and it can happen. Um, but yeah, back to Cameron Smith. Do, do we
1: believe in the hip injury? I think, I don't think he made it up. I, I think exaggerated. I mean, you know, yes, it's definitely exaggerated because he did say it's been bothering him for a couple of years. So if that's the case, then how have you played the best golf of your life the last three months? Yeah, that's right? why. That's I mean,
0: why I don't get right because I, I don't think he needs to lie because, it, I mean, I obviously made the jibe that he was carrying around the, the money and stuff like that, and I think it's easier when you've got. It's it's a little bit like, like they talk about soccer players and they talk about football players and stuff that if you're carrying a little bit of an injury and you're on a bumper contract and you can just you know afford to take a couple of extra games out then why not because you're probably not fully fit why push yourself whereas if you're in a contract year you're going to push yourself you're going to try and make a you know get your move elsewhere or or get yourself a a big contract It, it definitely changes the mentality so i think that's probably a little bit with cameron smith he didn't need uh, to play last week to kind of boost his way up the, the leaderboard or anything like that and uh, he's probably not going to jeopardise anything possibly in the future
1: and he'll get some guaranteed money this week so I'm sure he's fine with that uh, do you think there's any chance he withdraws no I think he'd have done it by now I think
0: we, we've seen Zalatois withdraw already now I think probably there was they might have said there was a cutoff for, for people to do it I know there can't be and this can happen on kind of Maybe, I mean, if he went and withdrew like on Thursday morning or something, like that would feel like an engineered move. That would feel like an actual stab at the PGA Tour. Uh, and mm-hmm. I and I wouldn't agree with that. I wouldn't like that at all as much as I've, you know, always been a little bit lenient to the other side. So, uh, but in terms of his actual Tour Championship credentials, I don't necessarily think
1: it's a great golf course for him. I agree with that. Um, I actually bet him at 28 to 1 to win the Tour Championship. And a big part of that is like, I just think there's value in that number at 28 it's technically like a 60 to 1 if you're looking at it like comparatively to a to a normal size field you know him at 28 to 1 starting at four under is female's 22 right to to win and he's he's six points higher and i, I think it's basically them saying they don't think he can do it i, I disagree with that because he's been probably the best golfer in the world next to scotty sheffler this year but even the last three months I, he's been he's been i think the best and you know Will the tour let him win? I don't know what they can do, but I, there might be something something to that, not not allowing it. But but you know, for for him to win, he just has to shoot eight or nine under, which I think he's it's a it's it's capable of. But I also think Selton wasn't a good course for him either. He, he had terrible course history going into that, so I yeah. just think you got to look at him. He's just a different player now.
0: That's the thing. You you probably can't judge the three. Of, you know, you definitely can't judge him based on his 2018 uh, score here um the last couple of years I haven't necessarily looked at to where he started uh the week but when you look um he shot a pair of 68s uh in 2020 so he was 11th after round one 7th after round two and uh last year as well he shot two 68s and a 69 and just shot a 73 in the third round so he can score here um I suppose it just sort of depends on that driver I guess
1: yeah he last year he was 17th um in terms of without strokes he had the 17th best score so not great but um i think it's just to me it's a disrespectful number a little bit i mean he's been the best player and he's being like he's the same score as rory rory's 11 12 to 1 and he's 28 yeah it's 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 definitely a popularity
0: thing isn't it right and And he's uh, been better all year right
1: yeah well he's definitely got the better of the open championship so
0: um i think the fact that him and scotty scheffler obviously vying i guess for player of the year um do you think if Smith wins this, he gets player of the year?
1: No. He deserves it, but he doesn't get it because the players vote, and the players are never going to vote for him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> unless he comes out and he hasn't taken the deal, of course. Um,
1: it, well, which, maybe if he wins at $18 million, he says, never mind, But yeah. unless he's already signed it. But, you know, it's funny. My, I was looking at my betting card. I didn't even think of this when I made it. So my two without stroke bets was Rory at 12, and uh, sorry, with stroke bets, and Cam at, at 28. So my two... Best outcomes are the worst possible thing for the tour, and then the tour's worst nightmare. So I need one of those two things to happen. <laughs> so then you've got Sam Burns sitting here at nine
0: nine, and he's obviously um, you know five under. He's he's slightly ahead of that group of Cameron Smith and Rory McIlroy. Um, I know you, you've kind of had a couple of different things to say on Sam Burns. We, we thought he might have taken a step forward um, at the FedEx and Jude. He didn't. Um, didn't really show too much at the BMW either. Uh, 20th and 19th in those two events. So I know they're decent enough finishes, but they're not anything to kind of get alarm bells ringing. Do we, do we just think his race is running for the for the season? I mean, he finished 17th here last year. Um,
1: I don't think there's any real reasons to go to Sandburns, is there? As usual, he's not for me. Um, there's been a couple weeks and you know where that's hurt me, but the past seven, it hasn't. So I'm gonna continue with that. You know, last week his ball striking numbers were bad. Lost three strokes ball striking. Um, Gained around the green and putting, which I'm not putting much, you know, stock into. Um, Obviously a great Bermuda putter. Can he can he gain a bunch of strokes putting and contend? Yeah, but you know, there's just too many guys I'd rather play than him. Yeah. So, folks. Sweaty
0: sack summer is approaching, and it's now time for you to prioritise the comfort of your crotch. That's why the king of crotch comfort, Manscaped, has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Now I've had the honour of testing out these new boxers, and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear I've ever owned. It's so breathable that it's like gills for your groin. They even trademark the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time for you to invest into your family jewels, so let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping by using the code LFW20 at Manscaped. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that Manscaped on the waistband of your underwear it's almost a guarantee to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on the highway to pleasure town. The micro model fabric is buttery soft and breathable keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, run or strut, these moisture wicking boxers breathe without breaking a sweat. The tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and lays flat against your skin to reduce the chafing and the front fly opening gives easy access and makes bath and breaks quick and efficient. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code LFW20 at Manscaped.com and that's 20% off and free shipping with LFW20 at Manscaped.com so once the boxers 2.0 2.0 touch or sack, you will never go back. I'm going to switch up a little bit in terms of the order and just go by the guys now that are at actually that 4-under figure. So we've got Tony Fee now, um, who is sitting there at 9-6, who is the next guy um, in in the pricing. Sung J M is 9-1, who's also at 4-under. And then you've got this outlier of Sepp Stracker, who's 7-2, uh, who's sitting at 4-under. Um, that feels like the biggest differential in terms of where they can actually finish like he doesn't need to do all that well so he's already sitting inside the number that you, you kind of need from him um he's in the tied fifth place already at
1: four under do we do we just play Set striker and is everyone else going to do that um yes we do play him and no as of now it looks like they're not i don't know if you know maybe more casual fans or something aren't really completely familiar with they just want to play the names they want to play but I'm surprised that right now, look from what I'm seeing, he doesn't seem to be a popular play. I think maybe because you have guys like Aaron wise, who's 5,400, right? So that's what's really cheap. Um, and he's looks like he's going to be incredibly popular, which, you know, I have no interest in, but Stra- I'm going to play the shit out of Straka. It's, you know, if he just shoots four under for the week, he's in the top, 10 and you but, have a guy, right. This is the
0: thing is like I was looking at the times of the betting and you know, the prop market and top ten for Sepp Stracker was a decent price and I was like, look, he's already in there. Like he's actually got to go backwards to get out. And I know it doesn't it doesn't necessarily all just work that way. Um, but I thought it was a big you know a, a big differential in what you could expect from him. So I think he's kind of a must play at seven two, which makes me then question what I'm going to do with the likes of JM um in that range.
1: Yeah, for me, I mean, I'm just skipping this whole range because I have to. I want yeah. two guys above 10 because those are the guys who I think can win. And I I do like Sep a lot. I'm definitely going to play him. So to me, it's like I have those three guys at the top checked off here, Xander, Rory, and Cam. And then beneath that, you know, it's all I have to skip all the way down to the seven. So, so for me, it's going to be a, a real dead range. Um, but people will probably play JT and, and Jay and, um, and Cam Young. And people definitely Finau, too. But for me, I just, I, I'm not really, Pino could definitely play well, um, but I don't see him winning And anyone in that 9K and above range. I'm only playing somebody if, if I think they're going to
0: they win. If this was just back to the old format and you were just looking at the numbers, current form, course form, approach numbers, T screen, and you were just looking for the players that you thought could win this event, um, everyone starting from the same scratch, is there anyone in this 9 to 9, 9 to 8K range that you would really heavily focus on?
1: Sung Jae, like, like, yeah. uh, it seems like a good golf course for him, right? Shorter course, Bermuda, um, been playing, you know, really well lately. Um, that's really it in terms of golf course. I mean, Fitzpatrick probably seems like a guy who could fit at this place, um, but I don't know if he's necessarily shown that. Yeah, Sung Jae Im
0: shot a 64 second round in 2020, which, you know, we keep alluding to the fact that 2020 form was a bit hit and miss with around the Olympics. So I do agree with Sung Jae Im. Um... I wanted to be on Neiman, but he's just never played well at this golf course um, at all, ever. So, like you say, just in terms of strategy, I can't really go there. Um, Do you think there's anything that we need to say about these other guys? I mean, the guys that are going to play, you know, Justin Thomas and and Tony Fiena and stuff, are going to play them whether we say anything or not, I guess.
1: Yeah, I I think that's the case. Um, JT, I still think something's off. Right. You know, I, he I was disappointing
0: that. last week. Like I really expected. I know you obviously didn't like him, and, and you didn't try and talk me out of him. But you were kind of questioning whether he was going to play well. And I was trying to sort of convince myself that he would. And he started off well, right? Like he opened with a 66, I think it was. And like I, I thought that was it. And then he just he was terrible. And his approach numbers were, were bad. And that's a problem for Justin Thomas.
1: Yeah. And if you believe in him, what's he starting at again? Justin Thomas. What is he starting? At? That's a good question. I did have it Maybe all written t- down here. Uh, he's three t- under. Three under. So I say my cutoff is four. But if there's somebody who in peak form, which I don't think he is, so I'm not doing it. But if he was in peak form, he's the type of guy who could, I think, you know, just go nuts because he's the type. any guy who think could win a regular stroke play event by four or five sh- shots could theoretically do that. Um, so maybe people are going to play him just off the whim that maybe he does just go nuts yeah. behind. No pressure. Uh, so I, I do kind of see that. Um, I just don't think he's informed to do it, but I do. I, do, I don't mind that theory. Um, no one else I, I really think needs to be talked about. I don't like the course at all for Cameron Young. Uh, I, I didn't understand the bet last week that everyone wanted to you know, jam in there. You and I talked about that. They just wanted to be the, on the first one. but yep. um, So I'm off of that. Yeah, n- nothing else. I mean, Hideki is cheap and no one's going to play him. But Yeah, no, I, I'm
0: definitely not going to play him. And there's a reason I'm not going to play him, right? There's just too many variables on him. So then we got Corey Connors and Colin Morikawa. I think it's a good golf course for both of those guys. Um, personally, it's just whether you think they can make the move up from one under into a, a kind of top five spot.
1: I do think Connors can. Um, I don't mind Colin either, but uh, Connors for me rated. and I don't, I'm not, you know, I do p- publish this model thing every week, but I'm not incredibly huge on it. But Connors does rate out as third behind Finau and Shafley for me, right in front of Rory McIlroy. I do think this course should you know fit his skill set very well you know good drivers are what you're really looking for yeah um and he's just one of the best drivers drivers there is course history wise um nothing crazy 17th last year and 23rd in 2019 in terms of no strokes uh where he finished on the leaderboard so so yeah i would rather play him than colin i'm a little bit on the fence of both of them
0: it's weird with Connors because he's opened up both times pretty well. He opened up a 68 on his debut and opened up a 67 last year, and it made it look like he could play well here. And I think he can. And I think with the form there, I do think he. I mean, all you got to think he's what is he spotting the top five three shots, isn't he, as he starts this week? So it, it really, I mean, you could probably get yourself into knots thinking about how best to play this, and you can, or you can just try and take a simple approach that you know. I think we, we're trying to kind of advocate that there is just certain things that you can do. So. I, I would probably play Connors. If I, if I was looking for an 8K guy, it would probably be him. Let me run into 7K. We've already spoken about Sepp Stracker and, and the positives of him. So then you've got Jordan Spieth, 7-8. Max Famer, 7-5. Scott Stalling, 7-4 to talk about. Um, let's start with Spieth.
1: So so I don't think ownership is going to be incredibly important this week, but I do think you need to make a couple of bibbits, Um especially you know, because a lot of people, everyone's going to have one of Scotty, Cantley, X, Rory in their lineup everybody you know yeah. so You got to get it a little bit different Connors is a guy who people are going to play I believe yeah. um, JT Teen Sung J2 I think So if you want the pivots Down here it's going to be Spieth and Homa uh, I don't think people are going to be playing them Um, Spieth And again I don't have a great case For either of them but Spieth just seems Completely lost He yeah. started great but I don't know what happened He just all of a sudden this, you know he went in the water When he was arguing with Grella that was hilarious by the way <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't actually see it, but I, I,
0: the fact that he was second at the halfway stage and then shoot 74-69 to finish nineteenth, 19th, like that's not the Jordan Spieth that you kind of rely on, is it?
1: No, and I was watching. It was so funny because he was in the he was in the bunker, and I was just listening to the conversation. And I immediately just said, it, he's going in the water. Yeah, because he said he said to Growler, "This one's on me. Like just trust me, this one's on me." And Gralla like, kind of shook his head. He's like, "All right," yeah. and I was like, "Oh, oh, this, this is gonna be wet." And it was just dead middle of the lake. Didn't even come close to reaching. So if uh,
0: if you think about a player that does is the most likely to do that, I'd say that Spieth. Like, oh, Grella no, seems to be very screwed on. Like, I know they're, like, buddies and stuff like that, but, like, you see him a lot trying to sort of speak out of things. And he's like, no, 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 I can do it. And because he does do those hero shots, like, he gets away with it. But, like, it feels a little bit like the Mickelson-Bones thing where he used to give him one veto a year, and Grella probably needs that. Um, oh. Maybe he probably doesn't use it at the BMW Championship, but, you know, <laughs> he probably needs to sort
1: of step in. He does. So I-, I can't go there just because he's so unpredictable. Though he has, obviously, has had some good you know, success. Well, the he's course, he's so. obviously
0: won the, on the golf course and finished second. So I, I guess if you did, I don't mind it. Like I, I think in terms of just theory, like game theory and trying to get a little bit different, if you want to put speed in there, then I'm all for it. Um, but I guess people are going to go to stallings and stuff off the back of last week and the discount on the price.
1: Yeah, people are. In Homa Tua, He's lost strokes on approach three straight, and each of those three starts has gotten progressively worse. He, he's gone. Like he, he yeah.
0: like his, his season is. Well, I mean, everyone's season's over next week anyway. But like, it, it definitively feels like he's struggling. And I kept thinking that it was going to come back, and the tougher golf course last week, and that maybe helps. And I said to you, didn't I, that maybe this is like a place where you can kind of get under him at a discount. But like, just showed nothing. Like barely broke 70 all week. Like he did shoot at 68, 69, but just tough and there's just been no like at least with speed like he was second at the halfway stage last week like home just not doing things like that
1: yeah and i think um to kind of your point the people have been you have to have good approach numbers to play well at this place and that's the thing that he's not doing you can't really overpower it like he can technically do in some certain places like looking at dustin johnson his the two events leading into the Tour championship when he won 12.1 on approach and 5.8 on approach, just incredible numbers. Cantley is definitely something um, similar. I think he did really well on approach here. So it just, you need an all around test. You need people who are gonna be doing things, clicking on all cylinders. And he just, you know, obviously um, isn't doing that at all. Yeah, Cantley gained three on approach when he won. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the reason. Stallings, yeah, he's gonna be popular. And I think for good reason. I mean, he's hot, he's been playing well. There's no reason why we shouldn't like him. He had one bad week. Um, I'll probably play Straka over him, and I think that does make you a bit unique, and that also could be a reason why we see Straka's ownership down. Um, but it's hard to argue against him. Yeah, but, I don't have
0: anything negative to say about Scott Stallings. Do you know, like I was really surprised to know that he's never played it.
1: Wow, I didn't know that either. Like he's
0: a three-time winner on tour, and he's never made the tour championship. Like how shit must he have been for the rest of the year when he won to to not make the tour championship once? Like it, that's
1: tough. And these guys too. Like it seems like. They're gonna have such a little pressure. I like a I like playing these guys down here too because he he gets his check for half a mil. That's not that's something for him. Um, so he can just go out there and play golf and see what happens. I think I think they're gonna be, be pretty freed up. Uh, and I so I do I do like him. Maybe I'll get to him in some lineups and not in some others. But he gained six strokes on approach last week. I was impressed with him down the stretch too. I mean he did nothing to lose that tournament.
0: This is why Aaron Wise is gonna be so popular, right? Because you've got um. So if we start Xander uh, Schauffele, Rory McIlroy. Um, in that lineup, we then put in steps tracker that we both like. You get Scott Saulings in at 7 4. I'm going to go on to Billy Horsham. Why I like him at 6 9, that leaves you to 5 4, and you've got a choice of Wise post and Tom Hoagie. So mm. that is obviously why he's going to be so popular. Um, I don't know. Like, do you just give someone like Tom Hoagie a chance that you can just do it? Like, it's not. It's, Probably not a bad golf course for him. He's not playing great, but shot that second round sixty six at the FedEx St Jude. He had a good week at the three M. Um, don't think the golf course last week was going to suit him anyway. So, like, do you just give someone like Tom Hogie a chance
1: at minimum value? I think in theory, yes. I'd rather go to Poston or Harmon. Yeah, because uh, they're not much more expensive, and I think the course fits them a little better. Um, no one's really going to be playing any of the three of them because everyone's just playing Y. So. I don't see any reason why Poston can't outscore Aaron Wise or Harmon can't outscore Aaron Wise. No, I don't
0: either. Like, I think there's, there's definitely some... I mean, people just like Aaron Wise at the moment, and, you know, for good reason. But uh, Billy Horshaw, I, I, you know, I just I love what he's done. Like I just really, really like what he's done at this golf course. Even like, you look at he started at level pi both of the last two years, and he did finish 30th in 2020, like he was poor. Um but last time he, he was seventh best in the field in terms of seventy two hole scoring and managed to climb up into the top nine. Um, and, and that's great, right? Like he's now actually twentieth um, in the field rather than rather than dead last. And he's two shots back of that top ten now as it stands. So I think you know, I actually think he can, you know, shoot the best seventy two hole score here. Um, and if I believe that then I should be playing
1: him in this format. I I completely agree with you. The last five times he's been here seventh first second 30th seventh yeah so t- top seven four out of the five times including a first and a second so and, and, no- and the
0: one time he finished outside the top seven was because he started last and, and just never got going. yeah well,
1: that, that is actually 72 whole score right so yeah um yeah so he still didn't you know didn't play well but yeah he, he probably just thought he had no chance or whatever but um, yeah, he, completely...
0: he, he wasn't in form either. Like, I looked, like, he'd missed the cut at the Northern Trust the first uh, playoff event, and he played pretty averagely. I think it was like 26 or 36 or something the, the next week. So, he's probably just burnt out. Right? Like, he'd had a good chance, I think, at the Wyndham. I think that was when Jim Herman won. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he, you know, he probably just got to a point And, you know, just look, I like looking at the facts of what they did before these kind of bonus strokes were introduced first, second, seventh in three attempts. Like, that's just absolutely obscene and then you say like, as I said he's climbed from that level par to finish inside the top 10 last year so I think giving him you know getting a better you know an extra shot this time around I don't see why he can't finish inside the top five yeah
1: um I like it a lot and so I have him start. the other guys I was looking at was um KH Lee at 6k I bet him to have the lowest 72 hole score at 100 to 1 uh, I just thought he's starting at the bottom he can just kind of free up and he's the type of guy who can go low can gain a lot of strokes putting he's some good finishes at courses like honda where i think are somewhat similar to to this course um just one of those guys i think it can just be free go out there and shoot 12 under and you know so lee is a guy i'm going to be playing too not very popular either yeah exactly that and i think i think you've just got to look at the fact like what
0: kevin na did last year like it, it is possible right so just climb up and i know he's obviously spotting a, a couple of extra shots but like yeah, I I think I think it's fine. I think Cage Lee is a good player. I think we, we know he can get hot in bunches. Um, I guess if if we're playing it the way we're going to play it, then you know okay. with Lee, you don't have to then drop down as far if if you're playing him instead of a horse or whatever.
1: Um, what about Adam Scott? That's six six. I'm playing him too. That's my last guy. Um, yeah. That's my last that I start. I mean, I, I and I also bet him uh, thirty three to one. Uh, so my two my two no-stroke bets were Scott, 33, and uh, Lee, 100. And the reason I think Scott, is just playing really well, and he's doing it in different ways. We talked about, like, we, you know, last week I think we said we we never know how he's going to play because sometimes it's all putting, sometimes it's all ball striking. But I think the bottom line that we need to realize here and take the stats out of it, he's finding a way to play well, Yeah. Reg- regardless of how he gets there, right? Back-to-back fifth-place finishes. And look at the big events, right? Takeaway sucked at Wyndham, sucked at Rocket. But if you look at his past four big events, 14th U.S. Open, 15th at the Open, 5th at St. Jude, 5th at the BMW, he's just playing, you know, the higher the stakes, the better he's playing. We saw that last week on 18. So I think he's going to find a way to get himself in this. He's, you know, he hasn't been here since 2019. I think he's feeling really good. He's in a great mental space, and um, I expect him to play well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one because like
0: he's he's what he's been like recently in terms of current form is what he's been like in terms of this golf course as well. Like you look at the first two times he played here, 26th, 27th, obviously without the strokes, 6th, 19th, 14th, but then ninth, 8th, and 5th. I don't remember exactly where he started uh, in 2019. I've probably got it uh, somewhere here in front of me. Let me just find it. Or I can find it. But, like, even so, like that's, that's still an impressive performance even if he started up there. Like, You know, to to hold on when other people are probably charging behind you would have been impressive enough as it was. Um, Where did he start? So he started tied eleventh on three under and finished fifth. So he, he made his way up the leaderboard.
1: Yeah, I think he'd do something similar this week. So I definitely want to play him. I like him a lot, and that's you know that's that's probably it for me.
0: Yeah, I I don't really have anything else. I don't think like I think anything else. You're just kind of searching, like just to try and find different ways of doing it. Um, so I did like the kind of the thing we put together so I think of my and I don't think this is going to be a massively unique lineup I don't think it's going to be possible and there's going to be there's always this talk that you know you're going to be chopping up all your you know your profits because everyone else can be doing the same thing but I don't necessarily think I think you can find uh, ways of not doing that um, but look I mean KH Lee you mentioned so we could put here we could go Xander Shuffley, Rory McElroy, Sepp Stracker, Billy Horschel, Adam Scott, KH Lee
1: yeah, easily. I'll, I'll just mess around with it too. Um, and I think if you want to, for me, and because I like Cameron Smith a lot, and a lot of people don't, but because I do, it's going to be easier for me to get unique. I don't think a lot of people are going to be starting Rory Cam Smith. It's going to be, you know, um, like Scheffler, Xander Smith, or I mean, or Xander Rory, or Scheffler Rory, um, something like that, or JT. Like, I just don't think it's going to be a common build. And then you get Strapa in there, who is not going to be very popular. Um, and then if you choose KH Lee, you know he's going to be lower owned over a guy like um, Wise, who's really going to be really popular. Scott's also going to be popular, um, or Stallings, and I think all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're very unique.
0: Yeah, it's, it is a really tough one to do it. And I think you, people are struggling to, to look at it and, and wonder how to do it, but you just have to take your two guys, whoever the two guys you think are going to win, and then you just have to figure it out from there, right? I think is the thing you can't be taking Sheffler and Kentley. That's just that's just not going to happen. But what do you? Th- who do you think? If you take
1: Scheffler, who do you think is the next person you can realistically pair with him? That's a good question. So just like my betting strategy, you got to look at it in two different ways. If you think Scheffler's going to win, then you obviously have to start with him. And then, you know, let's see. If you put in – if you go Scheffler-Rory, which I think a lot of people will do, that leaves you 64. That's why they're going to go wise. And then you have 67 for the remaining three. Um, and you could go – you know, you could go – stallings um oh sorry scott 66 you know and then you could um have you know horschel and tagala whatever you want to do so it's going to be expensive but people are still going to do it um so i do think you can go two big guns up top but you you might also see people go like if you go scheffler or jt or tofinau that's why it's. Going to, I think the phenol is looking really popular, and that might be why, because people are either going to go Cantlay female or Scheffler female You really, it's going to leave you like seven thousand per guy, and I think you'll be fine.
0: Yeah. So the one I just put in here was talking about your Cam Smith point. Scheffler, Cam Smith, Stalling, Stracker, KHD, Aaron White. Like it's doable. It's, do, it's doable. Different ways of, of doing it. I mean, John. If you want to put John Rahm in there for, for some reason, uh, John Rahm, Scheffler, then start. Then you're going to start going to. Uh, I guess, Brian Harmon, um, and, and people like that. Um, I'm just trying not to use the same guys every single time. But, like, so you can go John Rahm, Scheffler, Brian Harmon, Billy Horschel, Sepp Stracker, and that leaves you one of the three at the bottom.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are going to do that. And, obviously, this is just the, the fact is, if you play Scheffler and he doesn't win, you lose. Yeah. Uh, but- can't make can't two.
0: Yeah, that, that's the problem, isn't it? Like, you, you've got to, you, if you take those two guys, you have to believe they're going to win the FedEx Cup. Like, either one of them. Like, you can't, there's no point in taking Kant there, like I guess, if you don't think he's going to win the FedEx Cup.
1: Yeah, and I think some people, there's definitely a, a group of people, and it's not a bad thought that people think that Scheffler's going to win. If you think that, this is what I would do. I would make five lineups or however many you typically play and play Scheffler with five different combinations, just so when he wins, you have five different shots at winning something.
0: Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I think that's that's about putting a bow on the tour championship. We don't need to do our uh, favorite play by tier, I guess, because you know there's only thirty guys in it, and you know they all have different reasons. I think if I if I could just give a favorite play, I think just stracker just to get that kind of uniqueness uniqueness in it away from Scott Stallings. um You know, I, I think Septracker would be the, the person that's going to help me the most. But I think as Maybe this content goes on. That might be some other strategies that people implement as well, and maybe the ownership goes up a little bit. But that's where I'd look at the moment. Because I think even though he hasn't played here, didn't he play like a junior event here at some point, Stryker? I think against Uh, against Burns or something?
1: Yeah, I've heard that, but I didn't know. um, I didn't have any knowledge of that, so I'm not going to pretend I did. Um, To to piggyback off you, I think for the best play for me is Cameron Smith because he's the one guy who I think who can win who nobody is playing. Um, so I think that makes it unique. I think um, it's, it's, it's a, I think just a misconception. Like people are saying the live stuff, people have played poorly. Look what he did at the Northern Trust amid all the speculation, amid all the questions, um, all the negative press he was getting, and he was still the favorite going into the fourth round. And then he got that penalty. Who knows how he would have played if he didn't? I think that had an impact. You know, he, he could have won if he didn't get that penalty. So um, I, I, he's the type of guy, I just don't think he gives a shit.
0: Yeah, I don't think he cares um, and I, I, I think it's more because I just don't think it's the best golf course for him rather than than the, the mental side of things it doesn't really faze me um, but I just also think that the fact that it's not the best golf course for him um, he hasn't had these great results here in the past that maybe he just talked himself out of really caring I think he's going to get guaranteed money anyway so it just doesn't you know it doesn't really matter at this point um, I think there's a lot of players in this field that that's why they're here right they're just here to get their guaranteed check and off they go like is Adam Scott making a resurgence because he's going over to the other side? I, I don't know. I think the, the murmurings were that he wasn't, but everything else coming out saying is there's Team Australia,
1: and I don't think you get a Team Australia without Adam Scott. So, um, tough one. Last thing. People are saying Black Monday, there's going to be uh, some announcements. Do you have any guesses for that?
0: Uh, well, I thought it was going to be Hideki, and then everything's come out that it's not. Um, I still lean to the fact that there was too much noise about Cameron Young for it to not be Cameron Young. Um, so I do think him. Uh, I think Joaquin Neiman, um, and that would probably be where I kind of stop my guessing. I think yeah, Neiman
1: and Cameron Young. That would be
0: with yeah, Cameron be Smith, huge.
1: obviously. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think yeah. I think there'll probably be somebody big, or else they wouldn't really say because they said they're only taking so many guys, so they're not going to take six guys if three of them suck. So they, I think they're going to be somewhat names. And one thing that I've noticed is like. Every time there's been smoke, there's been fire on these. It, people said I, I was. I said Bubba Watson a long, long time ago, and everyone said he just tweeted the schedule. You idiot! You were wrong. His schedule. He has all these courses at uh, all these events. I was like, that can be changed. And yeah. and then it gets denied. And then all of a sudden, it gets brought back again. It's happened with all these guys. So I agree with you on like the Cam Young. Where there's smoke, there's fire, and these names don't just come out of nowhere. He said his parents. I mean, I don't know what twenty-five year old tells their parents every move they're going to make in their life. Yeah, it
0: was just like. The fact that, like, because it was the Times in the UK that re- reported to Cameron Young and it wasn't... I forget who it was that reported it. Was it Guardian, maybe? I can't, I can't remember who. Whoever, Telegraph. Telegraph, that was it. So it was James Corrigan, right? Who has got them right in the past, or he's, he's been the final say, right? And Cameron Smith was confirmed by him, albeit, uh, well, everything but confirmed. And because it wasn't him or it wasn't them people are basically discounting it, and I just don't see why a publication like the Times would go for that kind of story if, if there wasn't any... I'm not saying that it's definitely done, but I'm just saying that there wouldn't be, like you say, there's no smoke without fire. He must have had the conversations, he must have been offered it, and he must be weighing it up still.
1: Do you have any interest in the Live Boston event with no other PGA Tour going on?
0: Uh, I, I would say no, because I haven't thought about it. Uh, yet, but
1: I probably will when it comes around. Yeah, I'm I'm you know, thinking about it too. I don't know. The, the betting odds aren't the best, but if there's a better field, who knows? So you know, I'm thinking about it too. So is this next week? Yep. Yeah, so I'll probably look at it. I mean, there, there's a pretty strong
0: um, DP World Tour schedule going on from now on, so people are, I think, gravitating that, which I think is good for that tour. Um, it's good for, for my show that I obviously do um what well, the betting show that we do on, on Lost for Words and, and things like that. So we've got Made in Himland next week and then I think the B and Wentworth, which I think is on its own as well. I think is there two weeks now without a PGA tour event?
1: Yeah, two you got um you got Live next week and you got President's Cup two weeks from now and then so I guess we'll we'll be two weeks off and then three weeks from now we have Fortinet, We're right back at it.
0: Yeah and I like those I love those events. I love those I do too those yeah. fall events. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the Ferry guys coming on um, lots of little filter. maybe we'll, maybe that's one of the shows we need to schedule in about on one of those off weeks is maybe just looking at some of the Corn Ferry guys who we expect to, to jump up but we can we can discuss that as we go on
1: yeah even a broader conversation President's Cup because that you know leads to more conversation in itself so that might be a good week to kind of talk about everything
0: yeah absolutely let's, uh, let's get something in a diary and listeners I hope you've enjoyed the PJ Tour season so far I know that, that maybe we haven't been so enthusiastic about the Tour Championship as, as we normally are and I, I don't know guys and girls that are listening whether you are um, but you know, it is a tournament. It is on DFS, so we are going to play it, um, and we'll just go from there and see how we do. All right. Good luck. Have a great week.